For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. Oh, what's happening, Rebels? I hope you're having a great week. Oh, my goodness. We've got a great podcast for you today. Lisa Bevere is on the podcast talking about her book, Adamant. Let me read this. By ancient definition, the adamant was known as both a diamond and a mythical stone of indestructible wonder. In more modern terminology, it describes a posture of unshakable resolve and determination. If there was ever a time for us to be adamant about love and truth, it is now. God is love. God is truth. Both love and truth are timeless, transcending our current trends and opinions. Sometimes the most loving thing we will ever do is speak the truth, but speaking truth begins with living it. Let's dive into today's podcast with Lisa Bevere on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Lisa, we are in love with this book, Adamant. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. You've been all over the world. You are right in our backyard, and yet we are on the phone today. Next time we'll be in person, but thanks for being on today. We can't believe you're here. Oh, I'm so excited to actually finally meet you. What is wrong with us? We all live in the same city. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> We're traveling close. too much. I got to tell you, when I saw your book, I know you include the definition in the beginning, but when I looked at Adamant, I thought, I want to know before I open page one, what <laughs> does this mean? I went straight to the app, dictionary.com. Adjective, Adamant. Utterly unyielding in attitude or opinion in spite of all appeals, urgings, etc. And the second definition is too hard to cut, break, or pierce. Man, I mean, it, to start off knowing that from page one, when you start talking about the different natures of the Lord and how the quality of of that that adamant is in every one of them, woo, oh my goodness. I So Lisa, we ask everybody this, books are hard to write. They're a huge pain in the rear. Yes, they are. Uh, I'm not a fan of publishers. <laughs> I don't like... Uh, yeah. Oh, honey. I like. Be nice. Sorry. Yeah. Be kind. I like books. I just don't like the process. Uh, I don't know of writing books. I guess why? Yeah. Why again? I mean, you've understand. got so many bestsellers. There's so many things. You've got this great library. Why another book? Why go through the blood, sweat, tears, pain, struggle mm-hmm. of putting another book out? Well, you know, this is actually the book I needed to write for me. And I am an ENFP, Enneagram 7. It just basically means I'm a nerve ending. I will pass money under the table during Monopoly. I want everybody to win, everybody to be right. And and it's not that I, I now say, no, I want people to lose and be wrong. But I had to know, what do I actually really believe and why? Mm. And, and, you know, I began to look at what I was seeing in our culture, what I was hearing. Can I just say it? In the green rooms 
at meetings yeah. yep. where people were starting to say, well, you know, I don't, I don't really know if I believe that's that, that Jesus even risen from the mm. dead. Maybe it's just metaphorical. You know, I think maybe yeah. Jesus is just one of many ways. Maybe he's the best way for Americans. But Oh, we've heard pastors yeah, say that. In church. There's a major pastor <laughs> with Katie Couric. I was in a hotel and she said, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. And some people know who I'm talking about. But she said, are you telling me Jesus is the only way to heaven? And he looked at me and he says, well, let's just say he's the best way. Yeah. And I was like, well, then he's a liar. Because yeah, what? exactly. Because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. Mm-hmm. And I am the life. And then he went mm-hmm. on Amen. to say, in case we weren't, we weren't sure what he was talking about. He said, no one comes to the That's Father right. except mm. by me. So... I've built my whole life on a lie if that's not true. And, yeah, I, and exactly. I needed to know. I mean, I love that you looked up this definition. <laughs> I needed to know there was one thing in this life yeah. that was constant. Mm-hmm. One thing mm-hmm. this life that was invincible. Because the, that's the common meaning now. But the original meaning of the word adamant is from the Greek word adamus, which means invincible. And, mm-hmm. and we have all been alive long enough to know that truth will always outlive a lie. So right. We yeah. have to say, is Jesus the truth? Because I needed to know that. And if he was, then I needed to mark a path well, not just mm-hmm. for myself, but for my sons and for my grandkids. And for those that actually would have read my books and said, well, I wonder if Lisa's thinking this now. I wonder if Mm -hmm. Lisa thinks we've all evolved now and we're all so much smarter than we used to be. And now actually Mm -hmm. scripture doesn't even count for anything except for maybe an occasional Twitter post. Let's, let's ask, let's ask if, if we actually believe what we believe. And, you know, I found uh, Ryan and Laura, I don't know if, you know, I've got friends. I'm kind of like every once in a while we check in with each other. We're like, are we all in the same page here? Do we all? Yeah. Lisa, I'm so proud of you for saying this. I mean, this is a very vulnerable thing. I just want to ask, how long have you been a Christian? And for you to ask yourself those questions. Absolutely. So I got became a Christian when I was 21. I had no Christian frame of reference. I was raised to be an exceptional heathen. Heard the yes, gospel. Me too. Yes. See, we perfect. That was my race. Yeah, we need to do coffee. So I, I was Amen. had never heard the gospel. So yep. twenty one years of age, when I heard mm-hmm. about that Jesus, you know, had died for me and that yes. God loved me, those two mm-hmm. concepts were just revolutionary. And so when I heard the gospel walking on Purdue's campus, the guy, ah, guy yeah, <laughs> the guy who witnessed to me is now my husband. I interrupted him and I said, I need to do this Christian thing, whatever it is, I, I need to do it. And so he had the campus crusade track. I got no born again. He said, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. I said, yes, I want the Holy Spirit. He said, now you're saved. I said, what does that even mean? And he, he said, it means you're whole again, spirit, soul, and body. And I mean, I was such a piece of work. I said, so I can have cheese now? And he's like, what? And I said, you just said my body was whole. I have lactose intolerance. And he was like, oh God, if you can save this heathen, you can heal her. And so on my very first date, I got saved and healed. And and that was Come it. Like, for me, what? I was like, I need to read the Bible. I spent, I spent all and that you've night. you've been on fire ever since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so it was such a radical transformation. Mm. I, I, I've met Jesus as truth. He has confronted every lie. 
He has yeah. confronted every bondage. He mm. loves me too much to leave me in a place where I think despair is my heritage, where I think bondage is my freedom. He's confronted every area of my life. And so I I had to say, is this just like a, a weird 80s Jesus or is he still doing the same things now? Right. Exactly. Well, that's why I like the subtitle yeah. and it's on top. I love yep. that you put the subtitle on the top of your book. It says, Finding Truth in a universe of opinions. And that's the thing I heard. Uh, in fact, here's who I heard heard say this. Dr. Drew Penske. He used to be the co-host of Loveline. He does celebrity rehab and all those things. He's a board certified addiction specialist. He said, you know, he gets these, you know, well, I, I think something different. And he goes, you don't get to. When you go to your cardiologist and he says, the left ventricle in your heart is blocked and you have calcification and you're going to have a heart attack and die, you don't get to go, well, I disagree. I have a different opinion than you and and all truth is equal and my truth is just as good as your truth. No, you're going to die, man. You're just going to die. And this is what we're doing. We nice people to hell. We're just... Yeah. We're, dying on the inside our marriages are dying our families are dying our kids are dying our neighborhoods and communities are dying and we go oh we're just being nice it's okay no i just be nice i I love that you're saying this you know when i when i was counting the cost to write this book i talked Mm. to a, a minister i absolutely love and respect and and he said to me lisa i'm gonna buy you a sweater of the swiss flag you just need to go neutral and i said how can i possibly be neutral I know. How can uh, the Bible says that if I see somebody in sin and I don't warn them, not judge them, warn them, if I don't right. warn them, then their blood is on my hands. How oh. how can I be neutral when yeah. silence sounds like endorsement? How can I well, be neutral? When that's right. Yeah. Silence then, sounds like endorsement. And that's not Christianity. Oh. And Producer I K, think, write wait, that wait, one down. Let's send that tweet out. We are out. all fired up. Yeah. I am so thankful for the women in my life that have spoken truth and spoken mm-hmm. hard truth and the conviction that has been brought to my life because they've been willing to be like, hey, uh-uh, Dobson, that's not how we live. Yeah. So um, I just got all fired up. Totally. Because that. that's Christianity. Call your sisters up, you who are more spiritual. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's not judgment. It's a warning. It's a, hey, I've been down that road. Or, hey, I've seen people go down that road. Or, hey, there's uh, the bridge is out ahead of you. I mean, I have a million stories of this. I went to, um, let's see, the Louisiana State Penitentiary, Angola. Uh, how long ago, baby? A while ago. It's been a while back. But I'll never forget the warden there. His name is Warden Burl Kane. Very, very Southern. When he took over... Angola State Pen, it was the bloodiest prison in America. Uh, over 90% of the men would never see freedom from that prison. 90% die in prison there. It was terrible, terrible. His mom, he was talking to her after he took over that prison, and she said, son, you are now responsible for the eternal souls of every man in your care. And he said, excuse me, mother? And she said, you are responsible Jesus. for the eternal soul of every man in your care. He said it terrified him. He said he could not imagine standing before the Lord and the Lord going, why didn't you do anything? And him having an answer. Mm -hmm. And he brought in Awana and prayer and Billy Graham and scripture. And that prison has turned around completely because of that, because the power of Jesus, because the power of truth, not opinions. 
love. No, I, I mean, we could we could talk about this for three hours because the sad yeah, thing is <laughs> so many people don't want to say these things. And, yeah. and, you know, here's the thing. I don't I don't only have the love of God in my life. I have the fear of God in my life. Ooh, baby. How can I be quiet? How can I look mm-hmm. at people and and, you know, so be neutral? <laughs> what, what we're saying to people is, um, hey, your captivity is normal. I'm sorry. That's not normal. I mean, we're, you know, and again, when I, you have to understand Ryan and Laura, when I was writing this book, I was personally challenged. I had written, you know, that, that Jesus was our adamant. And see, I really believe that Jesus is, I mean, this adamant, crazy Greek philosophers and scientists, let's think of a stone that's impervious to heat, redirects light, magnetic, where it draws, but not can, cannot be drawn. Let's say it's invincible. Mm-hmm. Why? This is predating Christ. Like, why? It's like their philosopher's stone and their adamant stone. And Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. then we see this Nebuchadnezzar has this bad dream. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I I want I don't remember the dream. It's awful. And then Daniel not only interprets his dream, but gives him the dream. It says, you saw a stone not made with hands. And the Mm. stone hits Mm. the kingdoms made by men and grounds it to chaff. And he said, then the stone becomes a mountain and the mountain fills the earth. Well, I believe that Jesus is that cornerstone. I believe what Mm. Nebuchadnezzar saw was that king of kings that's going to come and rule the world. He has that scepter and he's going to crush those things. And here's the invitation you and I have. We can fall upon the rock and be broken so that we can be made whole or we can be ground to chaff. But Jesus is not going to call our brokenness wholeness. He's going to say, baby girl, you come to me with that. And and this whole idea of the rock that followed them through the wilderness, which was yeah. Christ in Corinthians. Right. Well, let's talk about context with that. Mm. Paul saying with him, God was not pleased with many of them. He said there was plagues, there's snakes, there's earth opening up. And he's like, there are warning, there are example. Hmm. And so how can I look at the New Testament, look at the Old Testament, let alone read the book of Revelations and be Hmm. quiet? Absolutely. Well, you know, you said that stone grounds the kingdoms to chaff. And it's so interesting. The Bible uses this these word pictures all throughout, and then it uses it in different ways so that you can understand it differently. It grinds it into chaff, these kingdoms, these kingdoms of man that are so powerful. Chaff was waste, and it was blown away by the wind. You grind your wheat, you throw it up in the air, and then the chaff is so light, so inconsequential, so nothingness it just blows away and in ecclesiastes it talks about chasing the wind yeah chasing it's the most futile thing you could do is chase the wind but that's what this adamant stone did to the kingdoms of man it ground it into something so useless so non-existent that was the most futile thing to look after it because you'd just be chasing the wind around Mm. oh man that's powerful well and think about opinions they're in the air. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're just, they're thrown, you know, they're thrown out without any awareness. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm. I, yeah. I, I can throw stones. I do it too sometimes. Yeah. Well, I can throw stones to, at people I'll never have to face. I'll never yep. have to see them cry. I'll never oh, have to Facebook. be accountable. But here's the truth. I say never accountable to them, 
but I'm right. going to give an account oh. of every futile word, every idle yes, word. And the word futile means void of utility. So if I have influence, okay, so let's say that I tend to use my influence to meet my emotional needs. Yes. Then I'm going to have to say things that are idle and void of utility. But if mm. I use my social media to build somebody else's life, which means sometimes I might have to say things that they're not going to want to hear. Now, they can choose to unfollow me. They can choose to whatever. But it's like with my boys. I have mm. four sons. They're all men <laughs> now. I have four grandkids, and they're amazing. Oh. But there comes a time where I have to say to them, hey, guess what, Lizzie? You don't get to hit your brother. That's not right. You don't get to pinch him just because he's eating a piece of candy and you wanted it. Nope, that's not, yep. that's not, that's not loving. And yeah. right now we have, we have this challenge and the millennials, they're right to, they're right to question some stuff because yes. what we've done in the church is we've had truth without love and truth without love is harsh. Ooh. Yep. So what Isn't they have it? reacted to is said, okay, now we're going to have love without truth, but love without truth is a lie. And the same God who is truth is also love. And so you can't separate those things. And mm. so compassion has to have empathy, which is great, but we're supposed to be bedside to the world, not in bed with the world. And so oh, that's perfect. You just, you just, we're, we got another tweet. Teed we're, up. we're doing you another one. Up something for it's us. funny. You can't see us because we're doing video here, but both Lord are like taking notes on I'm, I'm writing things down and I look over, we've both written down truth without love equals harsh and love without truth equals lie. We have that in our, we're yeah. sitting next to each other, writing the exact same notes down, but it's important. It's the truth. We see this so often. You were talking about the inconsequential nature of attacking somebody online. Our producer, Producer Kay and I were talking. There was a woman in New York that was in Target. She has a blog called uh, Urban Baby. And she gave her kid a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And there's a photo on her Instagram. People went crazy. Why? Uh, peanut butter. If your child eats peanut butter in that cart at Target, then you are going to kill another child that might have oh, a peanut allergy. Oh, she oh, oh. has been caruse. I hate to use that word, but crucify. It's just all over and I think this is a by the way this is a good mom well, don't you get it well, there's a mom feeding yeah. her child when the child is hungry this is a good mom but every every store with shopping carts today have wipes uh, wipes. wipes there yes. wipes why are we okay. now there's it, gonna be big signs saying you cannot eat peanut butter of course <laughs> they will right but this is what we were talking about there's no consequence right for doing that. That urban baby mom is not going to come to your house and punch you in the face for saying that she's abusing her child and she's what's wrong with parenting today. It's the easiest thing we do. Here's what we don't do. We don't stand up and say, hey, you're really not being a good parent. You don't do it to your friends. You don't do it to family members. I mean, I'd heard about it happening last year and it was a shock. But when real bad parenting or real evil comes out, rarely do we stand up and go, hey, that's wrong. What you're doing is wrong. But the mom giving her kid a peanut butter sandwich will scream and yell at her because clearly she's such a good mom. She's not going to come back and well, retaliate and, and on And people you. are going to be hard on things they don't do. So, yeah. you know, it's oh, okay yeah. for Teen Vogue to have a, this is what you should give your friends after they have an abortion. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, but but it would be wrong to give your kid food that's alive and bo I mean I'm I'm sorry. I I'm at this point in my life where I have to say 
that I was not quiet, but I spoke the truth in love. And this is this is actually what it means to be led by the Spirit, because this was going on when Jesus was around. Hey, you know, this woman's been taken in adultery. What do we right. do? Okay, and then Jesus, everybody's all about Jesus saying, I don't condemn you. But they seem to forget he also said, go and sin no more. And he also said, I am the light of the world. And he who walks in me no longer walks in darkness, but has the light of life. So what we're doing is we're saying he doesn't condemn you. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't condemn you, which he doesn't. Mm. But we have forgotten to say, and he also empowers you to leave a life of shame and shadow. And so we've, we've, we've really taken off the power. Like we're, like we're protecting Jesus's reputation. Like, Hey, Uh, (laughs) like Jesus, we don't really think he can set you free. We don't, Mm. he's, he's Lord at the end of it all, but he's not savior. Now he he can't, he's not going to transform your marriage, your life. He's not going to confront the bondages, the obstacles. Mm. He's, he's, Mm. he's just going to be your BFF. He's, he's just going to be there whenever you want to acknowledge him. Yeah. I, you know, well, let's just dive into some of those tough topics right now. You you talk about it, including the truth that God is adamant in hate. Yes. And yeah, I love you know that. What? I was I'm, like, ooh, Thank nice. you. Let's jump I've into just been that. sitting here because, honestly, Lisa, when you talk about adamantly intimate, I, man, I dug into that chapter. I really did. And I'm, there's so much. We can't cover the entire book. I, here's where I got shocked. I got shocked at chapter six. No, I got shocked at chapter six. (laughs) We all did. Nobody talks about this stuff without really couching it ahead of time, really saying, you know, I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking generally in the the general sense. And and you're specific. I love this because we need people to go, listen, I love you. And you're killing yourself. Well, you're and, killing your wife. You're killing your family. And that's what that's what I, I felt like God was saying to me. You know, you know the story. I closing my laptop, so I had written adamant, adamantly intimate. Yay, those are happy chapters. Adamant <laughs> constant. Yay, happy again. Adamant in love. Yes, God's love for me is invincible. Adamant that we love each other. Yes, yes, God is adamant. And I closed my laptop and he said, and I am adamant and hate. And I'm like, Okay, wait. Proverbs six, mm. six things God hates. That was Old Testament. God, you're 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 love now. And he's like, no, I always was love. And so I, I shut my <laughs> laptop and I go home. And a messianic rabbi who has no idea I'm writing sends me a text message and says, whatever you landed on is the reason why a generation has been immunized against truth. I write oh. it back. Adam and hate, like question mark. And oh, I got chills everywhere. I got booze. Oh, all of us just looked at each other in here. We've all got scoop. Just say <laughs> that again. Down. Slow it down. Say it again. We're going to unpack it. An entire generation has been immunized against truth because they don't understand that God hates what unmakes those he loves. And mm. everything that God hates is about protecting who he loves. And so I I was like, wow. So I I literally, you know, Ryan and Laura, I I got up the next morning and and again, I had to say, you know, okay, Holy Spirit, Rabbi Brian's name is not going in this book. Mine is, you need to talk to me. You need to talk to me. And when I heard, I hate what unmakes love. I hate what unmakes those I love. I hate what undermines my image Mm. and distorts yours. I said, Mm. That makes sense. So then I started to chase that down. And I found things like God hates divorce. 
Now, he didn't say, I hate divorced people. He said, I hate divorce. Well, why would God hate divorce? Listen. By the way, thank you. Yeah. So, many so many divorced people, people yeah. here, God hates divorce, and they go, well, he must hate me because yeah. I'm divorced. Right. No, no. He said he hates divorce because, number one, back then only the men could divorce the women. It said he overwhelms a woman with cruelty. Mm. And so God's like, wait, I'm a loving father. I'm a loving husband. Yeah. This is undermining my purpose for marriage. I never meant for two people to have an organic union and then be torn apart. Now he yes. gives provision and, and he's not against anybody that is divorced. And I don't even, I actually, in my meetings, I'm like, I don't want, like when people meet me, they're like, hi, I'm divorced. I'm like, no, you're not divorced. You're single. I said, divorce is something that happened. It is not something that you are because That's it right. has such a shame label to it. So it does. Yeah. It happened to me uh, a decade and a half ago. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. A while now. <laughs> yeah. So longer than that. So it's like a, years? It's, it's like a badge of failure and rejection. It is. And yeah. People are like, yes. oh, brush that off. Yeah. I wonder what was wrong with him. Right. that it didn't work well you know what that's that's not your business well and then i married him and then i was called an adulterous woman oh my goodness you should have heard the stuff we <laughs> oh, got from i went to a divorce almost media. 20 years ago that and laura got fun. the brunt of it Sorry. saying oh you know you're an adulterous woman because you married a man that's been i mean it was like wow but see that's okay. that's that's the mean spirited interpretation because God, again, is is like he's the one who takes two and makes them one. So, it, it, I mean, I didn't even know you guys were divorced. So I'm glad I said that out loud and on purpose. So he hates the process of divorce. He hates that because too. when it is done with cruelty. It's um, terrible. It's I can worst. tell you firsthand, it's the worst thing in the whole world. Yeah, nobody yeah. gets married thinking, well, I can always divorce if this doesn't work out in a week. You know, <laughs> so nobody thinks that. He hates Sex trafficking. Now, every Christian, I've, 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 I've never, ever stood in front of an audience and said, is there anybody here who thinks that sex trafficking is a wonderful industry that helps people? Nobody thinks that. No, no Christians, no, no non-Christians, nobody on the face of the earth has ever said to me that they support sex trafficking as an economic opportunity. Nobody. But what they will push back on is pornography. Yes. It would seem that they have forgotten Ugh. that pornography is the shadow that manifests itself that would allow men and women. Because when I was over in the brothels in Cambodia and Thailand, yep. let's yeah. not just all let's not all just get mad at the men. There yep. was no. a lot of madams taking little girls captive, yep. lying yes. to them. So so this sex trafficking is the result of the seed of a shadow. And so, you know, we're going to, we're going to have to be very alert and intentional. Cause I don't know mm -hmm. if this has happened to you, Ryan and Laura, but like, I am desperate for clean shows. I'm like, yay. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yay. The crown, the crown looks clean. First season. It's clean. Second, and then second then... season. Then session seven. Mm -hmm. yep. Don't even watch it. It doesn't even have a worthwhile plot line. And I'm here, Lisa, I got to say this here because I want people to understand this. I really do. I want every listener to sit and pause and understand this. That is on purpose, Lisa. Of course it is. It is on, on purpose, purpose because here's what we know. So Rebel Parenting is partnered with VidAngel. VidAngel allows you to... Uh, filter all the junk awesome. out of anything on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and HBO Go. You can filter out swearing, sex, everything. It doesn't filter the programs out. You can watch Game of Thrones and just not have nudity. So we've partnered with them because 
Here's what studies show. 80% of all the money made in the film industry comes from films rated PG-13 and below. Wow. 80% of all the money made in the film industry worldwide comes from films PG-13 and below. 80% of all films made are R-rated and above Mm -hmm. because it's on purpose. When Jimmy Kimmel got on stage at the Oscars and he said, we don't make movies to make money, we make movies to make a difference and to piss off Mike Pence. Did he say that? 100%. Word for word quote. And because it's true. It's 100% true. That is literally the most honest answer Kimmel could have given on the Oscars. They hate Mike Pence because he won't meet with a woman if another person isn't there because he loves his wife that much. We wouldn't have the Weinstein hashtag me too if the majority of men would adopt the Mike Pence rule. But this is on purpose. They're showing this stuff to you on purpose because they have an ideology and an agenda. Well, they're desensitizing people. And what right. happens is you've ta- you've been taken emotionally hostage by the characters. So you 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 have feelings for the characters and, and they've built that in. And then now all of a sudden, right, because you have feelings for the characters, you're going to watch it or tolerate it. I felt so violated. I was yep. so mad because somebody had told me it was in uh, 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 episode four. And I was like, well, I didn't. OK, there was you know, there was a little. Hey, I'm going to impregnate you scene. But I was like, that didn't feel like porn to me. You know, they kissed. That was it. So I was like, okay, if that's their bad, that's my good. I'm great with that. So, but yeah, no, I felt so violated and Mm -hmm. I have actually made it my, you know, my purpose. I had no idea you had vid angel. That's awesome to say this out loud when I'm in meetings, because see that came out of the blue. There was no warning on that one. Yeah. Yes. No, no, it's out of the blue. That's how it happened. Yeah. By the way, talk to my parents. My parents were like, oh, Ryan, have you guys seen The Crown? It's so good. And I was like, oh, no. Have you watched season two yet? And they're like, oh, we're just getting ready to. And I was like, yeah, Mom you can't. Yeah, wait. They're so disappointed. Yeah. They're yeah. so disappointed. They're like, what do you mean we can't? I'm like, it gets raunchy. And they're like, what? Why? It's The Crown. It doesn't yeah. make it easy. There's no, no narrative no no for my 82-year-old dad on why they would just shove that stuff down your throats. Except that... Here's the truth. My dad was on the Attorney General's Commission to study pornography in the 80s. Oh, my gosh. The only reason we have laws in place today. I'm going to toot my dad's horn. It's because of him. There were 12 people on the Attorney General's Commission. Ronald Reagan. uh, Let's see. Who was it? Ed Meese was the Attorney General Commission. And he said, we need you to study pornography. And here's what they did not study. They did not study Playboy, Penthouse, Hustler, and softcore pornography. They were looking at the worst of the worst of the worst things that you won't imagine because your brain doesn't have a narrative yes. for the things they had to see. Right. He said it was hands down the worst thing he's ever gone through in his That's whole fine. life. He said he Still, would go to his today. hotel room today. Yeah, oh, he doesn't want to he won't talk, talk about, about it. it. No, he said he would go to his hotel room at night and he would lie in bed and he would pull the covers over his head and he would weep until he fell asleep yep. and he would do that. Every, but he stuck with it because of how bad it was and where we were heading with that. He knew. And, at Rebel, my goodness, Kristen, how many calls do we get? How many emails do we... First, our very first broadcast, we had Cindy Beal on about her book, Rebuilding a Marriage Better Than New. Her husband had a pornography addiction. He cheated on her. That person got pregnant. I mean, it was craziness. Yeah. LifeChurch.tv, worship leader. 
That was our number one broadcast. That's our first one we did because pornography, the Lord hates it. I love that you put the Lord hates all that unmakes love. Yep. Yeah. Pornography will destroy the love in your marriage. It will destroy it. Well, and you know now it's not mm. just men. Oh, no, it's so active with women now. Because mm-hmm. it can be. They don't have to go buy the magazines. Right. They can have it on yep. their Kindle. They can have mm-hmm. it on their laptop. They can have it anywhere. And so, you know, as as a former heathen, as a former uh, sexual gymnast from the University of Arizona, I'm like, no, 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 no. None of that is going to build your marriage. Amen, right. that, Amen sister. It's, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a time bomb. It is a time it's bomb going to destroy your intimacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I need to keep speaking up to those women. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, yeah. I don't think the answer is for Christian women to become pole dancers. Yep. You know, so I'm oh like, you guys, exactly. that's not the answer. The oh, answer. <laughs> please say yeah. that. Listen, I'm a guy I am. And so I don't get in our current culture. I don't really get a voice to say that. My goodness, I don't want my wife on a pole. Oh, I don't want her friends on a pole. I don't want them going to hang out with raunchy people that are. I don't want you to go to a class where. I don't want that. Yes. No. Listen, my wife's hot. She's a smoke show. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Like, our sex life is great. We talk about sex. We are pro sex, all that. I don't want raunchy. I don't like. I don't want raunchy. I don't want. (laughs) Well, we found out that many Christians aren't having sex. Yeah, yeah. And then that got us kind of on fire of, well, we got to start talking about this and start helping the church get some healing here. Well, Lisa, let me ask you. This is what we found in the cultural zeitgeist. Here's what we found. Marriage, by definition, in our cultural zeitgeist, music, movies, TV, all that kind of stuff. The best your marriage is, is on your honeymoon. That's, that's your best. That's your worst. I texted Isn't my it? son oh, yeah. on his honeymoon and I said, just know this is the worst sex you'll ever have. Yeah. And he was totally. like, thank you, mom. I feel but This is what culture tells you. Culture says the best sex you have is your honeymoon and then it All will the go down from that. there. No. It will go down from there. You, the frequency will go down. How good it is will go. All these things. We had someone call us. Uh, it was, I'm just like three. It was just barely three weeks ago. He said when he got married, someone told him, Put a check mark down every time you and your wife have sex your first year. That's about how many times you'll do it the rest of your marriage. That's just Could a you curse. Imagine? That's a, a curse. curse. You're telling my parents have been married for well over fifty years now. You're telling me if if they did it every single day the first year, the rest of their over fifty years of marriage are going to do it three hundred sixty-five times. People are having trouble listening into this. All you rebels out no, there talking no, about Doctor Okay, Nelson. but here's the thing. God loves intimacy. Yeah. Yes. And so he hates porn. God hates loves it. Hates a it. sexual legacy. Yes, you know, he does. My, my boys, they love that John and I say, when we talk about our marriage, we're like, hey, guys, we looked better, but it is better now. So yeah. we've yeah. been married yeah. for 36 years. Congratulations. And, and we, thank you. And we enjoy sex more now. And yeah. it's not because we have paraphernalia or porn or pole. It's because we have developed intimacy in our yes. lives. The work yes. into it. Intimacy yes. works. I I just didn't know. Honestly, it, I didn't know. We got to our marriage counselors, Tim and Ann Evans. They wrote the book together. They wrote the book naked, and they were like, "Oh no, you should be having sex all the time." And I was like, "What? I are are we? Excuse me? Are we allowed to? Is that?" 
we're Christians, you know, I mean, I can have an anxiety attack and just but, call my husband and say like, Hey, can you come home, please? No, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. You talk about the Lord being adamantly intimate and you've got yeah. in here, I've got all these notes down that you are more than what others can see. Mm. You are more than your past. You are yeah. more than your gender, mm-hmm. your age by what you own. You are a living spirit. We heal by the spirit. Intimacy leaves no room for shadows. You know, this is the thing you talk about self-worth. You're worth the Lord because he told you you were. Yeah. You're not worth, you know, these, we, we used to have a, um, there's a Dutch Brothers coffee place right by our house. And it used to be one of those ones where the women dressed inappropriately. It was called Bikini, Bikini Espresso, Espresso and they would dress inappropriately. And Gosh. when I was still at Family Talk, one of uh, the employees, a woman who was probably mm, late 50s-ish, went to get coffee and didn't know where she was going and drove up to Bikini Espresso. And a girl in lingerie she, comes to the window and she goes, uh, and she tells me that she goes, I had no idea what I just drove up to. I, I have never been more shocked in my whole life. And she stopped and she goes, it, it hit me. Oh, uh, and she looked up at that girl and she said, I'm so sorry. You are worth so much yes. more Amen. than what you are doing right now. Mm. And that girl burst into tears she quit her job that place closed down yeah that place is gone because I think it's every intimacy time i drove by it i prayed oh, lord yeah. remove that building well take oh, it so away gross. but see wait you what you just said and what sh- this woman just modeled mm. is what's so important see here's the thing we have people labeling themselves because they're desperate to belong and and what we can say is, and, and this is something I felt like was super intentional with this book, is God doesn't speak to us as male and female. He speaks to us as sons and daughters. There's a relationship. Right. I am not my sexual function, but my body is God-given. And yeah, I get it. I mean, when I married John Ryan, I said to him, hey, you're getting an amazing deal. And he's like, okay, why is that? I said, because I have a woman's brain. I mean, a a woman's body and a man's brain. And Joe was like, you know, I'm I'm actually not comfortable with that. And I said, well, I, I don't think like women. I think like men. Why did I say that? Because I had been wounded by women. So I had disassociated myself. Mm. Women, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. And God was like, baby girl, I love women. I created woman as Man. answer to the very first problem. I love you being a woman. Mm-hmm. You, you are not a problem. You're an answer. Your, your femininity is valuable to me. Mm. You know, it's not, it doesn't make you vulnerable because you're a woman. It makes you valuable because you're a woman. And mm. our culture says, oh, I'm going to add value to the women by taking it from the men, which can I just say, which kind of makes me angry about me too, because I'm like, yeah. you know, Hey, Hey guys, the wrath of man never works the righteous purposes of God. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's step back a little bit. Yeah. And yes, I want people to have their voice. Yes, but but I need to understand there's something deeper and darker happening here. And so we need to actually have healing on both sides of this. We add value to one another by getting it from God. We don't take it Ooh. from one another and we don't punish yes. one another. And vengeance is God, not ours. Moving forward, we need to have safety. We need to have boundaries. We need to have mm. priorities. We need to have principles in place. But attacking people doesn't work. Mm. Mm. Thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I just want to jump into making, you talked about the distinctions between opinions and convictions. Yes. Um, Could you just tease that out for us? Definitely. You know, we've got this in here. People go to social media. It's all the opinion. It's just, oh, I think this, I think this. And it's like, woof. Yeah. That's, I don't have the right to have my opinion. I, I know that's out, gonna, outside yeah. of a conviction. I, I mean, seriously, the, the longer I have served God and the more influence I have, the less right I have to opinion. Tell me the yeah. difference. Tell me the difference between opinion and conviction and why you feel so, you have less right to opinion and more to conviction. So because my life is garrisoned and guardrailed mm. by the word of God, yeah. the word of God is the only thing that has the the privilege of forming my convictions. And so if I don't know the word of God, then I will flow with everybody who wants to take the emotional yeah. hostage. Mm. You totally. know, I'm upset with you. I'm I'm happy for you. So I'm going to flow with the culture. So the word of God is my adamant. It is the thing that I anchor myself in, not even on. Because see, here's what we've got. We're in Christ. We're not like on his shoulders. We're in Christ. And so the life that I now have is not my own. You know, it was bought by him. And so my life is grounded in the word. And the yes. word, Jesus was the word of God made flesh. So I'm not allowed to add to it. I'm not allowed to diminish it. So the word is what gives me convictions. It's a sword. It's steel. It rightly divides between soul and spirit. It shapes my life. It fashions my responses. Mm, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean I don't have to have a lot of time and time out in my bedroom with the word of God. That doesn't mean that my husband isn't like, I time you out. You know, there's, it doesn't mean there it's easy. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. it doesn't mean I always like it, you know, mm. but, but, but I have labored to live my life in a way that honors God. Opinions, opinions oh, yeah. are not my privilege. And I have voice because I'm supposed to be an ambassador and at the end of the day, I'm not representing my kingdoms, my feelings, my mm. opinions. I'm representing his kingdom and his his truth that he died for. So I don't have the right to marginalize that. And so what we've got right now is this universe of opinions where everybody can give an opinion. Mm. And because I am Sicilian, I'm not above quoting the Godfather. I do Good believe that we, <laughs> we need to never tell people outside of the family what we're thinking. Now, that sounds like a gag order until we get the second half of that. Believe me, we believe in telling the family what we're thinking. So recently, I watched a social media post go wild. This person had decided to take on the topic of all the stupid things that Christian women hear in the church. Have we all heard those things? I have. Laura, it sounds like you've heard some sure. of the I've heard. Just and, then some, and then some, you adulteress. So anyway, so those kind <laughs> yes. of things. But does it do any good for me to put that on social media? Right. Does it honor the bride? Right. Or yeah. does it create a mob? Because I actually direct message her and I said, I love your heart for God's daughters, but you are making the church look inane. Yes. And she, she said, well, it's gone viral. Well, I'm just going to step back. Sometimes when something goes viral, you're infecting people, not influencing them. Right. Yeah. Have to decide. Well, that's the thing. It's, what she's saying, I'm just going to be honest and blunt. The publicity is worth more to me than the truth. Right. You're or probably what, right, or but the viralness of this, it's worth more to me. More people are going to see me because of it. And, and that day I was, uh, I was writing this book and I sat down and the Holy Spirit said to me, what do you want to be, Lisa? 
do you want to be popular or do you want to be influential? Right. I know. And I said yeah. influential, and it means powerful. Mm. Popular means common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my my mentor, Graham Cook, uh, mentors Ryan and I, and he, he just always asks me if I want to grow up. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, are you ready to grow up yet? I'm like, no, I think I'm going to have a tantrum for another day. I'll call time you out. back tomorrow. Yeah. Time, <laughs> out. Time, out. time out. Time out. <laughs> time out. Lisa, we are oh, out of time, but my goodness, this, I tell you what, honestly, hands down, easily, favorite broadcast of the year so far. Sorry, anybody else that's broadcast with us i have to be in my opinion sometimes it's so good though honestly we were we're going to not stop talking about this book because it is going to be so important for so many people out there thank you thanks for being on today absolutely it's an honor thanks for listening rebels we love and appreciate you thanks for sharing this with friends and family hope your 2020 is starting off well have a blessed week and we'll see you soon Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.